0: Hi, I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer.
1: And I'm Casey Cantrell.
0: And welcome to Animation and Beyond. And on this episode, we thought we'd talk about a movie that we both
1: like. And that movie, of course, is The Lego Movie.
0: Yep, we're going to talk about that movie, the franchise, and the sequels and spinoffs and other things it got.
1: Right, it's so far... I know The Lego Movie has one direct sequel... And then I think it had two spinoffs, is that
0: correct? Yes, and also a spinoff TV show as well, and some other things.
1: Yeah, so we'll be getting to into all of that good stuff. But before we do, let's answer last week's trivia question, which was, what was the name of the first Pixar short that was created in 1984 under LucasArts before Pixar was spun off as its own company?
0: The answer is... The Adventures of Andre and Wally B. I think the reason
1: we asked this question is that because, as far as I know, all Pixar shorts are sort of "quote unquote" silent animated films. There, there aren't, there isn't any dialogue in any of them.
0: Yeah, and a lot of shorts made by Disney and other companies that are, have been known for making shorts like those—they're
1: usually silent. I know. So yeah, so that was the answer to last week's trivia question. Stick around until the end of the episode to get the next trivia question. For now, let's do a segment we haven't done in a while called Name That Song. Oh, sometimes sometimes <speaking manners>
0: This song called, which is a rap song, a hip hop song by Flo Rida called A Good Feeling was originally released in 2011. It was in the the first trailer for Wreck-It Ralph as well as the first trailer for its sequel Ralph Breaks the Internet. But
1: it it didn't appear in in the films themselves, right? Yeah. Which I always find interesting. Why certain songs get picked to be in trailers, but they don't appear in the movies. It's
0: cool that they put that in the first trailer for Wreck-It Ralph, along with the first trailer for its sequel, Ralph Breaks the Internet.
1: Okay, so that was named this song. So let's get to our feature presentation. So the Lego movie came out in 2014, and it was a very unique film and a very successful film. But before we get into all that, why don't we start with just talking to, uh, in case people
0: haven't seen it, or just in a refresher, what happened in the movie? It was the story of a construction worker whose name is Emmett Burkowski, who's just a normal, everyday construction worker, and then one day he finds something shiny called the piece of resistance where he's accidentally mistaken as the special, which he doesn't know what he's gotten in himself into yet. And he meets a cool and tech savvy woman named Wildstyle, who finds Emmett and he instantly has a falls in love with her. And then they work together and they later meet a blind wizard voiced by the legendary Morgan Freeman named Vitruvius who five years earlier had encountered the evil Lord Business, who everyone knows publicly as President Business, who plots on destroying their world with a secret weapon called the Kragle, and that is mistaken as the special to be the master builder to save the world. And then along the way, they meet Unikitty, who lives in Cloud Cuckoo Land, Metalbeard, a cyborg pirate, and Benny A space guy from the 1980s. And they team up together to save their world and stop the evil lord business from gluing their world permanently forever.
1: These characters are on a mission to try to stop him and save their Lego world. And then later in the film, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, the twist is that all these Legos are actually real-life Legos that are being played with this father and son, where the father is a very strict businessman and it played by Will Farrell, and he he's the sort of role model for the evil businessman in this movie. And his whole thing is not being creative of like sticking to the instructions and he actually comes in with the super glue and super glues all these Legos together, basically preventing them from being disassembled and reassembled in fun unique ways while the son he just wants to have
0: fun that was an interesting plot twist we did not see coming so
1: how does the film resolve itself
0: Emmett, with all of his strength and courage later proves he is the one to save the world which at first he was a no one he was an outcast because because nobody thought he would be the one to save the world but eventually later he proved he is the special and can work hard enough to become a master builder.
1: Yeah, there's this idea of there there are certain people who who have abilities to create in these really unique and imaginative ways to build anything out of anything. And so Emmett is supposedly one of these people, and he actually proves it by the end when when he sort of thwarts the evil plot, but it's not not so much by like defeating but but redeeming Lord Business. Exactly, yeah. So he, they have a talk, and they're able to sort of talk through their respective philosophies. And Emmett's successfully able to argue the merits of his own philosophy. And I actually think that's what really sets this movie apart, is that the bad guy in this movie isn't really a bad guy because he, he sort of represents the son's father. And I think it's an important way of showing of like being able to redeem him and bring him into the fold as as a participant in this worldview of Emmett. So I thought I thought that was really cool that like it sort of subverted your expectations yeah. in in this really wholesome way that really showed the value of like letting your imagination
0: run wild. I know, I know. That's what the whole message was. But I remember a lot of some running gags in the film, like the popular hit song that Emmett really likes called Everything is Awesome. My body and the it was all a happy, positive song. I remember, and then there was also some of the other really funny gags throughout the film, like "Honey, where are my pants?" and that has always found really funny and amusing. To him, it never got old.
1: One thing I loved is that this movie is so tongue-in-cheek and it captures the essence. I mean, if you if you played with Legos as a kid, you will relate so much to this movie because it really takes all the, the fun and annoying and silly aspects of Legos, whether it's like when two certain pieces got stuck together, it was nearly impossible to take them apart, <laughs> making fun of that... Also making fun of just, like, the weird things people would do with Lego blocks. Like, um, what's her name again? The cat. Unikitty. Unikitty, yeah, where she, literally, she's a unicorn kitty, and she comes from this world that is just pure insanity, because it's just everything just mashed together in these weird, absolutely ridiculous ways. And it's so much fun, and I and I can relate, because I, I mean, I remember as a kid, we didn't necessarily buy box sets or whatever of legos we just had a big box of legos that we would pour out and then we just build something mm. with it with whatever pieces we could find and had available that was so much fun just like building castles out of these mitch- mismatched legos and sort of creating stories based around yeah. these these you having a pirate with a dragon with a robot in the same scene and sort of creating stories based around that. I remember
0: that. So
1: that's so much fun. And I think that's what this movie captures really, really well. Did you
0: ever play with Legos yourself as a kid? Yes, I did, in fact. Me and my brothers played with them as a kid and also my friends, I remember, playing with Legos and playing with the sets, I remember. And even when I was very young, playing with the Duplos, which were the like the bigger Legos Made for the younger ones. Yeah, and what kind of things would you build? Cool things like castles and a lot of fun things I remember. I mean, Legos are are just one of those
1: enduring toys and for good reason. Because like, they provide you, literally, the basic building blocks of anything. And you can do so much with them. And that's what's so much fun about them.
0: I know, and it's interesting also at the end of the Lego movie that... We think the world is saved, but then there's another threat. There were the Duplo aliens that are based on the Duplos, the easier Legos made for the younger ones.
1: Yeah, because the son's younger sister gets involved at the end. So it's like it's it's like sequel baiting, but it's it's a funny admission that like you kind of like build this world for yourself. But then any other person coming in kind of disrupts it in some fashion. And that's the fun part, too, is that you're always constantly being challenged and remaking the rules as you go.
0: I know. And that was the happening at the end. Here we go again, leading to a sequel similar to what the Pixar's The Incredibles had.
1: Yeah. And I think there, there are fun moments like that, too, because throughout most of this movie, Emmett is does everything sort of by the rules. And one of the problems is that he's not very imaginative at first. So he has this idea, I, I think, of building, like, a bunk bed couch. And, um, like, it's everyone dismisses it. Everyone thinks it's silly and dumb, which, I mean, it is. But he's actually able to build that, and, and they use that during, like, their lowest point to, like, save themselves. And so it's, like, I guess that's what I, I like about this film is that One of the messages it sends is that there is no wrong way to play. Even if you want to do a sort of by-the-rules, matter-of-fact building, you want to follow the instructions to a T, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Same way if, if you want to completely throw the instructions out and just build it yourself. The film treats each side as equally valid and as equally fun. So what
0: what were some other
1: favorite moments for you from this film?
0: Also liked, there was Benny the Space Guy, I remember, voiced by Charlie Day. And he, was, he wanted to build a spaceship. And then when he finally builds a spaceship, he keeps screaming, Spaceship! Spaceship! Spaceship!
1: <laughs> uh-huh.
0: I remember his best friend was Metalbeard, the, the cyborg pirate.
1: Yeah, he was great.
0: Yeah, I agree. I also remember there were the... Some of the like Superman found Green Lantern annoying. Green Lantern seemed to drive Superman crazy. Or when Batman says to the Batmobile, but then Lord Business's robot blows it up and says, dang it. And then Wonder Woman says to the Invisible Jet, but then Lord Business's robot blows it up too, and then she says, dang it.
1: <laughs> this film. It's always having fun, even even in, in its most serious moments, it's always having fun.
0: Yeah, I know, and I'm sure in many ways the main character, Emmett, may have had many inspirations from Woody from Toy Story.
1: Oh, that's an interesting point. Can- expand on that. How how do you see those two as as similar?
0: They later prove to be heroes because they're no ones at first. And I find Wildstyle, whose real name is Lucy, like Jesse. And I find Benny, the space guy, like Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, I I
1: think you make a good point about Emmett and Woody, where they kind of play the nondescript main characters who aren't as flashy as everyone else, but they kind of prove themselves over the course of their films that even if they don't have the flashy lasers or the flashy hairstyles or anything like that, that they are still valuable and interesting and fun and and can find their own
0: ways to contribute. I know, I know, and that was great, and... It was fun, and now why don't we talk about the sequel? Yeah, sure, let's let's talk about the sequel. It's called The Lego Movie 2, the second part, or simply known as The Lego Movie 2. It was left right off where the first movie took place. Unlike the first, it was more of a dystopian kind of a film, because it took place years later, and their world is different, and it's apocalypse, I remember. There's a spaceship that comes, and that character. One of the new characters is named Sweet Mayhem. And she's better known as General Mayhem, and who's a mini-doll, and at first she seems to be the villain. And she seemingly kidnaps Emmett's friends, and then Emmett goes on a mi- ri- mission to rescue them, and then Emmett's friends meet Queen Whatevera Wanabi, who's a shape-shifting alien, I remember, voiced by comedian Tiffany Haddish. And she sings a song... About how not evil she is, like she may seem to be at first. And along the way, when Emmett is on a mission to rescue his friends from the Sistar system they've been taken to, he meets a cool guy named Rex Dangervest, who who ha- has a title of all kinds of things, like a Galaxy Defender, Archaeologist, Catboy, and Raptor Trainer. Because he had some dinosaurs, I remember. So they have this sort
1: of apocalyptic events, right? And the aliens fighting the characters we know from the first movie. So how how does it reconcile in the end?
0: Well, later, Emmett teams up to save his friends. But then there was another surprising plot twist. Sweet Mayhem was not evil, but she was trying to help them. <laughs> but then, and Queen whatever Anabi was actually turned out, just like the song she sang earlier, she was not actually bad. So it turns out it was a pretty shocking plot twist. We did not see coming that Rex Dangervest was actually Emmett's evil twin. So Rex Dangervest was actually the bad guy.
1: And it plays out in a very similar fashion to the first one where, where it's these, I think it's, it's the two kids, right? The son and his sister. Yeah. Who are fighting. And that's sort of why they're fighting in the movie. But then at the end they reconcile and make up. And so do the the bad guys and the good guys in the film
0: and maya rudolph played the mom and it said mama get it which is a play, which is another funny plot twist they put it in the film and, and it had a dream that he visioned and it turned out it later came true
1: yeah so again it's it's very similar message very similar uplifting message as the first film it's better
0: to work together and the film was set five years after the its predecessor, just like how the first movie came out five years after the first film. It was really a lot of fun, too, just like the first film, and it was really funny, I remember. Like, some of the funny references they put in the film, I remember, like, one of them was a famous classic cartoon, which was an intermission in movie theaters called Let's All Go to the Lobby. Ah,
1: uh, yes, yeah.
0: I also remember when they put funny references in the film, like... Rex Vest references Jurassic World and Back to the Future. And there were also cameos of characters from The Wizard of Oz. And there was a song in the film that was even catchier than Everything is Awesome called This song's gonna get stuck inside your head. This song's gonna get stuck inside your head.
1: <laughs> uh huh. It's a fun film, just like the first one. I don't think it was quite as, as successful, but still great stuff.
0: I know not as successful critically or financially as the first but still really funny and clever like the first movie. But that's not all. There have been a couple spin-offs to it as well as a TV show and and a 4D experience. I think at some theme parks.
1: Yeah, let's talk about those briefly. So there's um
0: the Lego Batman movie.
1: Lego Batman movie based on Will Arnett's version of Batman and and he had a great song in the first movie. This is real music. Dark, brooding,
0: important, groundbreaking. Check out the lyrics. Darkness. No parents. I remember that, yeah. That Batman film was non-canon to the overall story, but it broke the fourth wall and referenced Basically, the other things of the Batman media franchise, like the original show with Adam West.
1: Yeah, so that's a lot of fun, a lot of references, good stuff.
0: And then Ninjago, which was based on the Ninjago TV show and franchise, and the line of toys, which are special kind of ninjas. And the main character was Lloyd Garmadon, who was an outcast and had to prove he can be a be a ninja. And that one starred Jackie Chan and then there's also been a 4D film called the Lego Movie 4D a new adventure set it was set after the events of the first film and before the events of the sequel and it's in Legoland Florida and then there's UniKitty which is a spin-off TV show which is on Cartoon Network but it's not animated with Legos it's too, it's flash animated but it, there are, however, Lego sets for that show.
1: And this is all based on the success of the first film, that it was just so hugely popular that it led to this boom of other uh, films and, and shows just based on this franchise. And yeah, I mean, there's a reason why it's one of our favorites, for sure. I mean, it's so much fun.
0: The first film's directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who directed Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, the Academy Award-winning Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and a new film called Connected.
1: Yeah, Lord and Miller, they're they're the best tag team duo really right now and I think in in animated f- filmmaking. So, it's it'll be cool to see what they come up with next.
0: I know. Yeah. I really liked these movies. They were fun and colorful and really cool and unique the way they were animated.
1: Definitely worth a watch. So, if you haven't seen them or if you haven't seen them in a while, check them out. They s- definitely stand up. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your time. If you like what we do, consider supporting us on patreon.com at patreon.com slash animation and beyond. Patrons get access to exclusive content, so be sure to check it out. In the meantime, we have a trivia question from Ezra.
0: what does the word we all know as Lego mean in Danish?
1: All right. So if you know the answer, give us a shout on Facebook or send us an email at
0: animation at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode of animation and beyond. Bye. See you later.